And now, a word from our sponsors. The Oyster Recovery Partnership is the nonprofit expert in Chesapeake Bay oyster restoration. The Oyster Recovery Partnership has planted more than 9 billion oysters on 3,000 acres of reef and recycled more than 250 bushels of shell. Everyone benefits from a healthy Chesapeake Bay. Poor water quality and declining habitats can be reversed. Oysters are the answer. Pescavore is packaged in a convenient single serving size with no refrigeration required until after opening. Pescavore is the perfect, healthy, and delicious snack for those on the go. Pescavore, tuna that travels. Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardener Douglas, your oyster ninja. This is part two. This is part two. We're back with a funky fishmonger. Um, yesterday's conversation was so good. We had to bring it back one more time. Um, so let's, uh, I would say we're going to uh, um, start at where we left off, but I don't really remember. I just remember we was having good conversations. Likewise. <laughs> um, but I, I know I wanted to talk um, more about uh, just you starting the uh Yeah. Yeah, the, the market. So let's let's hit it. So so basically, in in high school, uh, fish market opened in my neighborhood. Uh, I worked all through high school, all through college. Um, when I graduated from college, I took a job with Johnson and Johnson, and I did that for about two and a half years. And uh, I think I would have rather done uh, two months in county. Um, I just didn't enjoy it. Uh, I, I did well at it. I just didn't see it. And then uh, I decided in 1988 to, uh, I wanted to live where my store is right now. So we're, we're in Hunter County, New Jersey, very bucolic country, rolling hills. And I worked in this one fish market uh, when I was 17 or 18 for a summer. And I knew that it was kind of falling on hard times. So I went in there and, you know, they, I knew they were trying to sell it. And uh, long story, it's actually, it's a very funny story. I went in there and I gave them a price and I asked them to please, you know, before I handed this price, please don't tell me to go fuck myself. But he did tell me to go fuck myself and he was very insulted. And he called me two months later and says, I'll take it. Now keep in mind, I'm 23 years old. And I said, I said, I, it's great. I said, the only problem is I don't have any money. Um, and he goes, well, then he carried back a note. So in 1988, our interest was uh, 13.5%, uh, just to put that in perspective. So anyway, my wife and I literally took two credit cards and we did it the same day. Each took out thirteen, excuse me, fifteen hundred dollars. We gave them three grand. And basically, all I wanted to buy was his equipment, um, his lease, and and you know the story. He had a terrible reputation. So that was like four hundred and fifty square feet. Um, and we were there for five years. Then we moved to another location to a thousand square feet. Then there was a, a another store next to us. That store left. We picked up another 500 square feet. Then I took all of my refrigeration, put it outside on a concrete platform, picked up another 500 square feet, and we were in that first town for 
23 years. And then we moved to our current location, which is about 5,000 square feet. Um, and like I said, I, I had to tell you honestly, I feel very bad um, for people, young people today, especially starting a business, because with social media and Yelp and Google reviews, you have to come to the table with a fully formulated idea, okay? If you don't, it will just punch you in the stomach, un, you know, just mercifully, you know, and what I was very fortunate in 1988, all I had was fish, cocktail sauce, tartar sauce, lemons, that's it, horseradish. And then as people begin to ask for things, our first store was just official. As people began to ask for things, we would add them up. You know, someone would say, hey, do you make crab cakes? And I would just say, of course. And then I'd find a recipe, we'd make them. And then little by little, we kept adding on. So when we moved here 13 years ago to our large location, we did change the name from Metropolitan Seafood to Metropolitan Seafood and Gourmet with all the cheeses and pastas and, and, and confectionery. It's just, it, it's been phenomenal. Uh, but I've been very, very, very blessed to be able to grow with the demand of my clients. Um, and like I said, I don't know if that's even possible today. You know, you know what I mean? And uh, just, you know, I, I, I can't imagine someone starting. And, and what, I will say one thing, though. If you happen to be 23 years old, it's a perfect time to start a business because you're just stupid enough to realize that you can't do it. Um, and I, I mean that with all sincerity. You really are. You think it. Oh, here I was, I worked in the fish business, so I was basically 15 years old. Opening your own business and working in a fish store are two very different things um, and took some real solid punches to the face uh, the first couple of years. And then I just began to ask my clients, what's the one? And it didn't matter. Someone's, you know, and my philosophy was that if someone said, you know, can you bring sardines in from Greece? And I'll say, sure. And then I'll go, how about what's the minimum order? I said, you could order one sardine. My philosophy was that if one person asked for it, there's people that didn't even know that was available. And little by little, we just kept adding to our repertoire. I mean, we import fish from all over the world, uh, as well as East Coast, West Coast fish. And as we talked about in our earlier segment, you know, 18 different varieties of oysters every day. You know, and my guys just kind of walk people through with their likes and dislikes. You know, do you like Northeast? Do you like West Coast? Uh, larger, smaller cup? Um, it's a blast. I mean, it, it truly is. And like I said, I can't, I can't bring this point home enough. You know, my art business, whether it's whether it's oysters or fish, it's still an ancient business. You know, there's nothing. You know, they could farm oysters, but you know. For example, like I said, some, if it's stormy, they can't go out. If it's, you know, if there's too much rain and they have to shut down the beds, they can't go out. So it's really co cool about our business, although the modern part is, you know, we get fish from all over the world. The ancient part is it's still going to get shipped in ice. You, you know what I mean? It's still going to get, it's still, uh, some guys going to fire up a boat, finish a, you know, finish a bottle of uh, paper of uh, cognac and had had to, uh, not all of them, some of them are fantastic drinkers um but you know and then they gotta and they gotta you know, and then bring it in they gotta hunt it catch it bring it in get home safe and uh it's awesome it's really i mean it's really awesome i mean like i said it, and getting back to the to the genesis of the business 
if you and I had fish markets 25 years ago, the only difference would have been whose fish is fresh. Today, um, you know, I might have red snapper, real red snapper from Florida. You have a, uh, a yellowtail uh, from Brazil that happens to have red skin. By the way, that's a great fish. I'm not, I'm not dissing any fish. I'm just saying, tell your clients exactly what they're getting into. There's only one species of red snapper in the whole world. It's called the American red snapper. There's lots of red skin fish. So we're able to procure, I could buy whatever I want. My clients, they just, they, they go along with us uh, for the ride. And like, yeah, listen, let us know how to cook it. We're in, you know, so and that's, that's how we started the videos. So that's, that was, so yeah, that was the distilled version of the history of Metropolitan Seafood. So over the years, I'm sure you've seen a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, what fish are you selling now that you never thought you would be able to sell? Oh, um, lots of them. Uh, mostly like we, we, we do carry a fair amount of like super high end restaurant items like live like Steam from Scotland and Norway. Um, you know, um, whether it be, you know, uh, we import some Japanese fish, the Aji, the horse mackerel. I mean, these things were kind of relegated just to the restaurant experience. Um, but it's not so much the changing of the fish, but when I was coming up as a, as a young buck, you wouldn't dare tell a woman or, or any customer how to cook something. They knew how to do it. You know what I mean? They, their, your job was to get them the fish. As we're today, people really don't know how to cook and they want it and they want to incorporate seafood into their diets and their lifestyles. They just don't know how to do it. So today we do a lot more of teaching people, um, not recipes, but techniques so they can feel empowered, you know, really get it going, get their, you know, as I say, get their little chef on. You know what I mean? So little chef is just terminology that for me, it means, it, listen, it doesn't mean you're a chef. I'm not a chef, as we said before. Uh, I'm a fishmonger and, and I'm, and I'm, outrageously proud to be so but a little chef is the person that cooks in the house whether they you know training and no training they're the they're the ones who have the responsibility that to nourish the family or friends or whatever whatever the group may be and uh and some of them hopefully really dig it because like for me uh if i make something for you i'm gonna spend you know 80 percent of the time watching you eat it to see what your reaction is. And, uh, and if it sounds creepy, it's because it is. Uh, I get a little voyeuristic about it. You know what I mean? So I try to keep my hands above the table. Uh, but, you know, I just, but I love to watch people enjoy something. And I'm sure you get the same kick. You know, when you, especially if you introduce someone to an oyster, either for the first time, yet, you know what I mean? And uh, at my age, you know, there's not many first times left. So, uh, you know, when someone when someone agrees to try an oyster or try a fish for the first time, it's really fun. And you, know, you see that look of light bulbs going off, and, you know, a little bit of delight. And uh, it, it it sounds corny as hell, and I don't care. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, nothing in this life worthwhile is not corny. You know, I don't care what it is. Corny is, that's my sweet spot. 
And I want people to really just have a great experience, you know, cooking, sharing with their friends and family. But Little Chefs is like, it's, I envision this army of people that some of them love to cook and some of them just don't want to do it, but they got to do it. So I want to empower them with, uh, you know, with different ideas. But, you know, the fish business, except for the import, everything else is relatively the same. You know what I mean? Salmon is still the most consumed fin fish in the world. Um, you know, right under, I think, tuna is next. And then if you're talking seafood, shrimp might be, or shrimp might be number one. But it's, uh, you know, and that stuff is pretty basic. It's where it comes from today. And uh, like I said, people, clients need to know, listen, by law, you have to let your clients know where that oyster's from. You know, you just can't say it's out of the water. You know, and of course you have to have tags and everything else. Same thing with fresh fish. Let them know exactly what they're getting into. You know, and uh, let them make the decision. You know, so yeah, so that hasn't changed much. But like I said, cooking knowledge has changed dramatically. You you, you have talked about people lack of knowledge of cooking, right? Um, but I think one of my uh, most common questions. I don't even think I said this, but I, I used to work at uh, Jesse Taylor Seafood in D.C. Okay, the fish market there, the uh, open air seafood market. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like um. A lot of people coming there really didn't know. Well, they took, of course, the fishmonger's advice. What right. came in fresh, uh, you right. know, what well, they they let them know, you know, what they want to eat, what they have a taste for, flaky, white fish, whatever, sure. you know. Right. Um, right. But if you had to put it out there, um, what should a, a, a person coming in looking for some fish look for when they're looking for fish? Well, listen. What's seafood? Listen, people have... Here's this, that's a great question because people literally don't think they know, but I tell them all the time, you know what a fresh flower looks like. They gravitate towards that beautiful piece of fish. There are, you know, there is no proteins in nature that are, that are, you know, if you see tuna and it's the color of chocolate, it's not appealing. You know what I mean? If it was, uh, you know, Chocolate is, is, is appealing and lovely when it's brown. Uh, dirt is brown, you know, but the fish, it's that glistening look. You could tell a fresh fish just as you'd be able to tell a wilting rose from, from a freshly budding rose. And, 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 but getting to your point, you really do need, listen, you know the term sushi grade, right? You've heard that before, it's sushi grade. There is absolutely no governing body that stamps something to make it sushi grade, okay? That is a marketing term. Always has been, always will be. Um, people take it as a certification. In As far as my responsibility as a fishmonger, it's a covenant that you and I, Gardner, are going to enter into when I'm telling you that the fish I'm recommending for sushi or sashimi is, is able to be raw or barely cooked. And that'll never change in our business. Because, like I said, you look at a steak wrapped up in plastic, and you pick it up, and it looks good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to the supermarket and, and say, "Hey, look at this brown steak I just bought." You know what I mean? So, well, I told totally it's supposed to be red water. Uh, maybe, maybe it's pre-seasoned. No, it's just old as hell. You know what I mean? So it's it's the same thing. Listen, when you walk, one of our proudest accomplishments when you walk into my store, I got customers said to me the other day, he goes. I wish my dentist office smelled as good as my fish market. I mean, there should be no smell. And I know people go, well, what do you mean? Not? 
you have to really religiously clean the store and carry fresh fish. So after my, after my, after my tree cleans up at night, another cleaning crew comes through later in the night and cleans one more time because I actually hate the smell of fish. I mean, sincerely do. You know, it's another thing. There's no such thing as fishy fish. If it's old, it's fishy. And people say, to me, ah, see, you know, I bet people all the time, like, I don't like salmon. I go, you sure about that? And I've literally, I've literally given people fish to take home. So just take it home. What do you mean? It's a little piece. Take it home. It's on me. Eat it. Cook it. Eat it. And then tell me you don't like salmon. Now, that being said, you know, they had a bad experience. You know, and that bad, and by the way, a bad experience with an oyster hurts our entire industry. A bad experience with fish hurts our entire industry. And by the way, I'm not talking about, I don't want to get too technical, but I'm not talking about Vibrio or any of those. I'm talking about if someone ate a funky, bad oyster, they got to check into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting because they were drunk as hell. Because you know you opened a bad oyster and it's like, you know, you yep. the whole room, I mean, just everybody knows. And by the way, when I say it was a bad oyster, when they're harvesting the oysters, it could have died and stayed completely closed. And when you open it up, it's like releasing the Kraken. I mean, it's like, I mean, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, as the expression goes, it'll knock a buzzard off a shit wagon. I mean, it's horrible, but it's not, but if you, and so why eat a bad oyster? Not necessarily. But that being said, with the talking sashimi, sushi, oysters, one of the biggest problems is not the source from which it came from, but poor handling. You know, when you see in a restaurant, the oysters are, the you know, the, 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 the chef puts the oysters up on the half shell and they're right next to the, uh, and they're right next to the steak pizzaiola and, you know, the heat lamps on it. And like, guys, you got to keep it separate. You know what I mean? Or, you know, they'll, they'll shut them hours and hours ahead of time and, it doesn't work. You know, it's, again, it, it requires lots of hands. I have a lot of people working for me, over 20 people working for me. And the reason why it is is because we got to break everything down. We bring it in whole and we break it down. So we control the oxidation. Um, a lot of sushi restaurants, like, for example, in New York City, the, the sushi fish has to be flash frozen. You know, what I mean? you know I'm, I'm talking about a super freeze a nitrogen freeze. That's very different than you freezing something in your home freezer. That's a very good thing. Because we're not a sushi restaurant, we don't we don't follow those guidelines, but we're breaking the fish. We're taking the fish off the bones. We know what the oxidation is. You, you know what I mean? So if that answers your question, I, I, I love to go off on little tangents, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know if that helps you out at all, but that's that's my thing. You know, you you, it's not what you're looking for, but it's also part of that relationship. You know what I mean? And if you're not familiar with it, fishmongers could be, you're talking about relationships, we could be a big spoon or a little spoon. That's part of the service. If they listen, I, can you come over and spoon me? I said, sisters, let me know. Teaspoon or tablespoon? What am I doing today? Um, but that's part of it. See, butchers don't do that. Fishmongers do that. <laughs> Excuse me. That's funny. No, uh, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, good answer. Good answer. Uh, I always, I was when I first started uh, making like some social media posts. I would uh, I would do videos like, uh, you know, like how to find a good fishmonger, how to uh, pick out fish from the seafood market, right. stuff like that. And they were real popular. So 
you know, I just assume yeah, that I mean, like I said, a lot, I mean, a lot of I, people don't know. Listen, I, I don't know if I told you, I write a newsletter, goes out twice a week to over 10,000 people. Um, and we, we broached on all of these subjects, you know what I mean? And, and I, and again, I'm, I'm writing, you know, double entendres and, you know, sexual innuendos and all the whole within these, within this, this diatribe of, of, of my psych of my psychosis but i really do want people to understand that listen you know someone will say like you know is it you know what's the, what's the best fish i said i'll tell them i said i have no dogs in the state you know that's part of the business you got to know when to cut it eat it you know uh before it's bad because you got to bring new fish in you know what i mean that's you know that's and you and I have to tell you, even to this day, I'm shocked at how very little waste that we have, you know, in, in, in my own business. Um, fish that's cut this morning, you know, flounder, for example, um, you know, they're going to cut, they're going to do another cutting in the afternoon. So that goes right into the kitchen and, and it's going to be part of the dinner, you know, for the, for the takeout. So there's nothing that's like, okay, you know, you know, people used to think years ago, a special was just something they were trying to get rid of. Probably there's truth to that. I'm not saying it wasn't. But you have to make the assumption that whoever's taking care of you is not trying to poison you. And, you know, I'm, listen, I'm sure you're the same as me. I'm a long game guy. I don't, I don't, you, you, when you shop in here, I'm looking at your eight-year-old kid thinking to myself, oh, this kid can make some money so he can come back and shop. And 35 years, I birthed them and I buried them. You know what I mean? But we look at, you know, it's it's always the long game, you know. Guys who sell bad fish, it's a short game, you know. They're just trying to make that sale, not even fully realizing that they they harmed themselves more than if they just took the fish and literally threw it away, you know what I mean? Or 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 froze it and gave it to a food pantry or whatever. And that's happened. Listen, if we have a surplus or something, there's a there's a there's a couple of fantastic food pantries, you know, right down the road from the store, uh, you know. Uh, listen, I'd even give to the, the Carmelite nun monastery. I mean, I got like 1,200, you know, I happen to be Catholic. I got like 1,200 years of purgatory I'm trying to shave off. You know what I mean? Whatever, I'm just, you know, you know, you just keep trying to do right, you know, um, and you do right by your customers. So it's not, it's not rocket science. Believe me, it's much harder to run a deli than a fish market. Um, it's not all, you know, but I feel like, with 35 years you've been doing something right um for sure um yeah yeah i mean when you say doing something right you just never stop trying you know you really you really have to understand this is not this you know as my accountant would say you know this is a 35 year old get rich quick scheme yeah you know what i mean it's you know you have to continuously and and again Social media is flooded with all these cliches, but you, it's a vocation. You know, I didn't wake up, uh, you know, as a teenager, go, man, I would really want to sell fish for the rest of my life. You know, it's the circumstances that my life has presented itself, but once you're in it, you know, damn, man, you fucking plant it and grow, grow and keep trying. And what you, you know, listen, I, I, I get bored with a lot of people, but don't you hate when customers come in late? I said, I don't give a shit when they come Come in early, come in late, just come in. You know, I mean, you can't once you stay and and by the way, some people think they're 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 world class actors and actresses. 
They're not. People will see that BS. So just take care of them. That's your job. You, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, my clients are very, very, very good. I just want to take care of them. So they have a great experience to come back. Uh, you know, people are like, oh my God, I can send you a friend. I'm like, I don't take money from friends. You know what I mean? So it's so, oh, right, right. But, but I want to take care of you. You know, I have people that like, oh, we want to take, we want to give you something, a gift. I said, I'd really rather you not. I, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be coy about this. I sincerely, I like the relationship where I'm taking care of somebody in, in business, you know, and you can be friendly, but right. you know, you know, that you still want to keep it business though. Right. I mean, I think I, I might have told you this before. I have clients that give my, my staff, you know, hockey tickets and football tickets and, and, and I don't know if this is legal or not legal, but I tell them, you have to tell me or your, or your employment is in danger. And the only right. reason I want to know is because I want to hand write or email a thank you note to that person for taking care of my staff. That's it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the bottom line is, listen, you're doing an event, Gardner, and someone, you know, wildly tips you for whatever, and you feel like you feel like giving them a half of those oysters. That's wonderful. Okay. Right. It's your business. It's your it's your 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 way, your your you're weighing the cost of, of, of that experience. But if an employee gets something, and this sounds cynical, but I apologize. I'm just going to straighten. No, it's true. I know where you're going. But I'm saying the only thing they can give away is 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 your product. If you had an employee. Exactly. So and and so I just want to make it clear to the client. And by the way, they're not looking for anything. Yeah. This person just wants to say thank you. It comes from me. And you know, I you know, and I just wanted to say, listen, and they're and they're appreciative just that I acknowledge their kindness they're not looking for anything let's make that very clear but as we as so, beings, you know we give it away you know yeah so when i was working at the market yeah um there were periods where they wouldn't allow us to take tips for that simple reason but i learned that lesson it was a good lesson to learn right um early in the game where yeah we uh, we appreciate your tips but just know a, a tip is extra a tip is not part of you know, the, the exchange yeah. where it's product, you know, involved. I'm not giving you extra product or more product or free product because right. you're giving me this tip. Right. You know, because then that, that means now I'm stealing, actually. Right. A hundred percent. And and listen, and, and, and not to go too far down there, but I will tell you honestly, yeah. uh, there was a long period of time when I, you know, I did not want, you know, I, we, first of all, we don't have any tip cups in the store. A client can tip at the register or they could put, you know, they could tip a, a particular, but that being said, in my business, you come in Gardner, you want two red snappers or, and you want a butterfly. You also want two pounds of shrimp clean and you want dozen and a half of oysters on the half shell. Do I think that, that, that my staff member deserves that tip? Uh, they don't, I, I, I don't know if it's deserved. But my point is, it's certainly justified as opposed to when you go and you buy a Gatorade uh, at the at the deli and there's a tip counter there, or there's a tip cup. Again, I'll still put in, but it's not the same experience. And by the way, the only reason I put the tip option in the register is because so many clients have asked me. They go, Mark, we don't have cash. We want to be able to tip the staff. So no one's making minimum wage here, so it's pooled among the employees and 
they're very happy about it. And the clients are happy. And if they're not happy, there's a skip button. You don't have to do anything. And you're still going to get your free lemon. I told you before, I haven't sold a lemon in 35 years. Uh, we buy about 25 cases a week and we give them out. And uh, everyone loves getting something for free. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's our philosophy. But yeah, listen, speaking of employees, it's so, it, it, it's such a lazy uh, terminology to talk about how hard it is to find employees. They're out there. Take care of your employees and they will take care of you and they will take care of the business. You know, you just, you know, so I can't find good help. And listen, my philosophy has always been, what am I not doing to communicate my message? And after I do that about five or six times, then we could talk about possibly getting rid of the employee. But you just can't, those days of, you know, looking for someone that work, you know, in servitude for you, it just, it doesn't exist. Take care of them, you know, let them, give them benefits, you know, make sure that you know, listen, you could take a you could take a weekend off in the store. I just don't want to know an hour in advance. But then I want them to come back and be refreshed. And you know, no one, you know, I'm sure you're in a situation where you, I'll take as many hours as I can get. I last about three weeks. And then you're like, Jesus, I can't, you know, I can't, I don't know which when the sun comes up, but you know, no one wants to do that. So we've been listen, employees, I have never and I and by the way. I like to hire them green. I love to hire filet. I get to hire filet, uh, filet men. I didn't want. To, I want only. I want to know how you learn how to do to sharpen a knife. After that, we'll teach them how to cut. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to. It's it's easier to teach someone how to cut if they could sharpen a knife than it is to reteach them if they thought they knew how to cut. You know, I watch a lot of cutting videos online. Uh, I mean, a lot of social, and I cry a little bit everyone when I see a fish. You know, being mistreated, I, you know, I mean, I just, I shed a little tear for that fish. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's because listen to me, you know, you could do it really fast, but it's all about getting that yield and getting the most out of it, you know? So, but I didn't know you worked in a fish market. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I worked in a couple. I worked in uh, the Jesse Taylor one uh, down in DC in the Southwest mm -hmm. DC. And I also worked at Ivy city smokehouse um, for wow. a time period before I, before I went uh, full-time uh, okay. with the shucking business, okay, uh, which was fun. I learned a lot. I learned that's actually where I learned how to fillet properly. Yeah. Or what I thought is, I don't know. You know, I got I to gotta see if, if, if you approve. Well, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that like I said, there's, certain, there's certain standards that I hold up to my, you know, guys. And I, I'll, it, this is, and I, guys argue with me all the time. So a lot of guys will, let's take, take a, Take a group or a porgy, whatever, and you come from the top and you're coming down, right? And then some guys will just go right through the belly bones and then take them off afterwards. So I really teach my guys to go, you know, to go, you know, cut past the pit bones and then come around the rib cage. So you, you're only, you're handling the fish less. And when you really, when you get good, you're not losing anything. And, you know, but... And like I said, and also to a protection knife because you're not ripping through the rib cage every time. So I'm a little, you know, I'm a little picky about that stuff. But that's more that's 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 called style points. That's not correct. There you go. Correct. You know, that's just style because especially too in retail, people are watching you cut, and 
my if my guys look ugly cutting, I'll have that guy just do production cut in the back. But people love to see that little bit of it, that little symphony with the knife. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen, I gotta be honest with you. I don't do a lot of things well, but if my, um, you know, if I was if I was in the game, I'm happily married. Just my fillet skills, I'm pretty sure I could pick somebody up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I was in the game, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm being very clear, my wife in the East, I am not in the game. I uh, right. I don't even play solitaire. Uh, there we go. I have I found hard, hard out of the game, but. Uh, but just yeah, let me, joking. Do not DM me. Uh, uh, no. Uh, let me ask you real quick, though, yeah. man. Let me ask you real quick because yeah. um, the seafood game, the seafood industry, period, yeah. is not for the weak. Um, you run across every type of person you think you can run across. Yeah. Um, every type of opportunity is out there if you're looking for it. Yeah. How have you stayed married all this time? Oh, uh, I met my wife when I was 17 years old. And just like opening the business, I didn't think I'd do any better. You know what I mean? And, uh, no, I, you know, honestly, you know, I, I joke about it all the time, but I literally met my wife when I was 17 years old. And it's, it's pretty fucking awesome to have history, you know? And because Denise has been there, you know, when I'm pulling, uh, you know, cigarette butts out of an ashtray trying to roll it into a cigarette you know i mean literally looking for for couch change um it's listen it's not listen forget about the seafood business marriage in general is not for the it's not for the faint of heart um but you gotta you gotta have a good partner and she lets me do my thing and i let her do her thing and she doesn't she never she never questions uh business decisions and I don't question the decision. This and that's very clearly um she she's afforded me this lifestyle by taking care of our children over the years and uh she's fantastic. I know and I, I do mean that sincerely. But like I said, here's the thing with the fish business, unlike any other business, you your 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 horsepower, okay, it will do you no good. You, you get get rid of the idea that you're going to be driving a plane. You are driving a glider from this day forward. Moment you step, moment you put your toe in the business, you're on a glider. You have to navigate the winds. You have to. It's completely different. Listen, uh, it, whether it's whether it's conservation on certain fish where they shut a fish down, whether it's bad weather, uh, whether it's a red tide, you know those days of being able to get whatever you want. And by the way, I'm a huge fan of conservation. Um, the United States uh, is literally the shining example throughout the world in the Magnus Act. Um, what our conservation efforts, you know, are, are, are head and shoulders above of the world. But, you know, it makes the business difficult. But... That being said, whether I don't care if, you, if you're the oyster ninja or the funky fishmonger, you have to continuously remind your clients. It's yet when someone says to you, "I don't know, there's a particular oyster. What, what, give me, give me uh, two of your favorite oysters that are that you that you work with." Kushi, okay. ruby salt. All right, so Kushi. Well, I think it was six months ago was was shut down, um, and they had and they had, you know. 
too much fresh water overflow. It's, it happens. And they shut down the beds and, and perfect. That's a, that's a perfect example. So someone goes, oh, I really, I only love kushis. No, 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 no. Don't say I only love kushis. Let me give you another oyster. And so you, you have to be able to teach them it's even a farm product like that is still going to have its limitations. So you, you stepping on the gas, the motor doesn't mean shit. You navigating the next wind, the next, you know, whether it's a storm, whether it's whatever it is, that's the fish business in a nutshell. And people, listen, like I said, people, I've been doing this a long, long time. And I used to go to the market and I would get 90%, 98% of what I wanted every day. But there was also no regulations. And when the regulations kicked in, it made it a little more difficult. And by the way, and I say this respectfully, we in the United States have been paying way too little for seafood for many, many years. The rest of the world pays a lot more for fish than, as a matter of fact, if I bring in Dover sole from Europe, it's going to probably cost, it's probably going to cost just as much than if you bought it in Europe. I mean, they, it's a premium product. You know, in the United States, we had the Eastern Seaboard and, and, and you know, they used to shovel fish literally from the nets. You literally used a shovel, okay? If I, you saw someone shoveling chickens, you know what I mean? You'd be, what the fuck? I mean, this guy, is this guy microdosing mushrooms? You don't know what the hell going on. But the, the fact of the matter is you have to pay more. We had a, now that it's a, little, you know, it's a little tighter as far as conservation and limits on, on catches and so on and so forth, we have to pay a little more respect to the product. It's not 50 cents a pound anymore. It's not 25 cents an oyster. You know what I mean? You know what you pay for those oysters. I know what you pay for. It's a lot, and then on top of that, you're gonna get you're gonna get broken. You get you have to take into consideration everything, all the moving parts, you know. So, uh, you know, that's that's one thing that you know is navigating this business. It's it's it, it actually has helped me to. And this is gonna sound corny as hell, and I don't give a shit. It's gonna it really helps me to navigate life problems because you're kind of used to you just used to shit happen. Listen, I. I was in the out used to the worst. <laughs> I was in the fish market on Tuesday, and I guess it was a bad battery connection, and the truck wouldn't start. And you don't panic. You just, I, you know, I was there. I told them to load up the fish in the truck and so on and so forth. Next thing I know, someone comes out with jumper cables. They didn't do it. Another guy comes out, probably a larger truck. Did, but I got home. And that 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 whole that whole interlude was probably an hour and a half, but. I was going to be late. I'm so I'm used to shit happening. So it was just like, you know, I literally went to the little diner in the market. Had it, they made me an egg white sandwich with turkey and hot peppers. It, uh, it was delicious. Uh, you know, what I mean, it's like I wasn't planning on having breakfast there, but you know, you have to work with that. So that's you know, it's a little different. Other, I'm sure every business has its uh, has its obstacle, but I think the fish business has them kind of baked in. You know what I mean? To, mm-hmm. to the whole thing. So, Mark, yeah. Um, this has been so easy to talk to you, man. <laughs> it was like, I really didn't even. Usually, you know, when I do episodes, I got my questions already and lined up. It's like, while you're talking, I'm like, all right, this is where I'm going to go next. And then before I can even say anything, you took it there. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. So you I, really made it easy. <laughs> and yeah. 
if you want to see me real quiet, wait till I get home. I'm really quiet. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm still on the store. And uh, listen, man, I've, I, I mean this sincerely. I'm happy that younger people as, such as yourself are getting into the business because our business is aging out. You know what I mean? People don't see the tremendous potential of this business. You know, like I said, and by the way, it's been real good to me. You know, uh, you know, do I have a few broken bones, straws to go along the way? Yeah, but so does everything. But man, it's it's been a pleasure talking to you. And honestly, I, 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 I really do follow your social. Um, and like I said, it's just you got to just you 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 are doing it. And by the way, don't ever let anyone tell you you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right, because those because those jackasses are not doing it, okay? So there is no wrong, there is no right, there is no don't ever put cheese on seafood, uh, Texas chili should never have beans. You're a jackass. Let it, let yourself go. You might actually think, you know what I mean? And so someone goes, oh, you're shucking oysters wrong. Listen, come to the table with me. Come to the table garden, shuck oysters side by side. Let's see how you do. And that's how we settle it. You know what I mean? But you're doing it. You're, you are you are in the game, okay? So the only thing you, you you people like you and me in the game, the only thing we hear are spectators, okay? But I need to I need to hear my quarterback, and if he wants me to block left or block right. And I, see how I put myself as, a, as alignment? There's no way I'm... I, I see that. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little thick. I mean, listen. Oh, Mark, oh, you're a running back now? I've seen you run, Mark. You can't shoot for shit. <laughs> Anyway, a pleasure. Uh, I don't know if we're, are we wrapping up. Yes, we're good. We're gonna wrap it up, man. Right. Um, last words or you know where people can find you at and uh, all that good stuff. Listen, metroseafood.com. Uh, it's very simple. Obviously, uh, Metropolitan Seafood uh, on Instagram. Uh, Funky Fishmonger. Uh, we're on every platform: Facebook. Um, Listen, I want, listen, I've said it before, I'll, I'll leave it in. I want people, I want legs under the table and someone eating with someone. And if we could be a part of that experience and make a spouse look at the their partner with bedroom eyes because they just made up a beautiful, uh, crispy, soft-shell crab, then uh, my, my job is done, mission accomplished. That's awesome. That's uh, and what's the address of the actual uh, location? The store is uh, thirteen twenty, Route twenty two, Lebanon, New Jersey, and that's zero eight eight three three. And if you and you you got to remember Lebanon. I'm half Lebanese, so that is the weirdest thing in the world. But you know, but it's, <laughs> I was like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm Lebanese. Why could you live in Lebanon? No, because my mother was Lebanese. Uh, right. Yeah, it's good. But yeah, like I said, just metroseafood.com. Uh, super simple. You'll sign up for the newsletter. If you don't see the recipes, or if you don't, if you want the ingredients and you don't get the newsletter, you just email, just email uh, lobsterman uh, at metroseafood.com and we'll send you the recipes. It's our pleasure. And we're working on a cookbook. And if you're in the area, May fifth, um, we're having a we're having a single de Mayo party. Um, 
I got a brewery right next door, and we're we're open a patio kitchen. We're gonna have fish tacos, chicken tacos. I'm not gonna have nachos, but I'm gonna have nacho French fries that'll blow your socks off. Um, Sounds good. No, but sincerely, again, brother, peace. Sincerely, uh, it was a pleasure, and thank you for having me on. So my pleasure.